Well, welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zarathustra and broadcasting live um, from Los Angeles. And here we are. Uh, the topic of this week is we're going to be talking about the difference between operating um, in the third dimensional world with all your memories and everything and uh, tran transitioning to a 5D consciousness. And uh, so how would that impact this shift that if you arrive at the fifth dimensional consciousness, what happens to your memories and your habits and everything which is in 3D? And how would you translate that in, in 5D? How would you translate? Would you carry this memory with you into 5D consciousness. So uh, one of our members brought this up to me today and I'll get into it more in details. Let me explain one thing is that when, as we are awakening and your consciousness is, your individual consciousness as a separate entity, you are someone appears to have free will. You are somebody capable of doing things. It's an appearance. And obviously, all of your life, you're bound to act that way. You're acting as if it's your choice. You're deciding what to do, where to go, what to eat. It appears to be that you're choosing that. Or you're going to have your experiences. You're going to have <coughs> all kinds of different things happen in your life. But as your awareness is expanding, as your consciousness is expanding, and you're starting to touch the greater reality, you're striving to touch something deeper as it's already happened in your life. It's happening right now. You're touching, you're coming in contact with something's bigger than you, something's bigger than anything else you have experienced. You're touching it. So in this transaction, when this is happening, means you are expanding. It's an expansion by touching a greater reality, by touching the presence, the presence of the being. You might want to call it God, consciousness, the spirit. You're touching it. You're feeling this presence, and it brings you peace. You call it meditation concentration, contemplation. It's like you're in the church and you went to pray. You went to the mosque. You're in the desert. You're in the mountain. You go in the nature and you are meditating. You're one with the nature and it brings you peace. And that is your encountering yourself. It's not the nature. The nature was the environment created to take you inside, to bring you in touch with this deeper part of yourself. It's a reflection. It's like mirroring who you are, or you're meditating, or you come here together, we sit and we go into this deep space of the presence, of love, of silence. You come in touch with a greater part of yourself. Now, when transition is happening as it's going on right now for you 
and for a portion, you know, humanity that is awakening to something greater than what's right in front of us. What's in front of us is the world, the world that's changing all the time, and it's very unstable. And there's always a drama or a story in it. And also you have your personal drama and story. You have your body to deal with, which is a handful, because a lot of times it gets sick or something happens to your body all the time. So it's requiring a lot of your attention, especially as you get older, things get worse. So it's requiring more of your attention. You're spending a lot of time on maintenance of your body, maintaining it, whether plucking hair out or shaving or fixing hair or, or dressing it up, decorating it or makeup or weight management or skin management, hair management, all kinds of management. So the body is requiring a lot of your time, a lot like your kids require your time. Your finances require your time. Your home requires your time. There's a lot of cleaning, clean, wash, put things back together, and also life. So transitory things, things that come and go, your relationships, all these things you deal with. So the attention is on what's in front of you. You're dealing with, with that, with whatever is happening in your life in every given moment. That becomes your reality of the moment. You have to deal with it. It's as simple as that. However, what you're dealing with in the moment in life, whatever that is, it comes and it goes. It's not going to stay there always. Whatever issue there is, whatever is the theme of what's going on in your life in a moment, you are dealing with it either whatever is the results, and then you move on, and something else comes, you have to deal with something else. So things come and go constantly, and your involvement with them, depending on how important they are to you, and how much they're going to grab your attention. So you deal with it based on that. And you have some experiences. Of course, a lot of it will be memorized. It's in your memory, you remember it. Now, let's say you did some things good or you did some things bad. Back to the question of our friend is when you're awakening and your consciousness is expanding to a higher level. Now, we're using the words higher or lower, but there is no higher or lower. It's just an expansion of an understanding. You're understanding more. You're becoming self-aware. It's an awareness that is increasing from what's only in front of you to something bigger, from simply, you know, just not being just involved with your every moment personal stuff of nitty gritty stuff to a bigger picture. It's a shift is happening. And this shift happens basically automatically. You don't choose that. It's not like you can decide, I want to be spiritual or I want to be awake. That's something that desire happens automatically and you're being brought on this path. And as you're getting closer and going deeper into this path, 
this direction, more is being revealed, a deeper understanding begin to take place, and could be during this time, discomfort and confusion happens, but then on the other hand, also some comfort takes place. So now, as you're awakening and going deeper into this, of course, you're remembering things. You do remember your past actions and deeds, most of it, whether you did something right or wrong, or you hurt people or people have hurt you. So you do remember these things. So if you come to the awakening, if you go into this full expansion and realization, it's not that you're compartmentalizing that you are not going to take your memory with you. Of course, your memory is intact and you have access to it. So it's not something that by going into the 5D or fifth dimensional consciousness, it's not like the memories of the mechanism of the body mind of the person who lived this life, they don't disappear. The memory is still there. You have access to your experiences and they don't get wiped out. Now, certain kind of behavior may not no longer be um, serving you or a certain kind of action or habits may fall off, but the memory is there. And you have to remember everything that happened as you're coming to awakening. It's a stepping stone. All of it was absolutely a necessity to bring you to where you're at for whatever reason. They were all meant to happen to bring you to where you're at now. And now it's depending on your karmic destiny, whatever it was. Maybe it was very tough. Maybe it was easy. Um, maybe you suffered a lot to get to where you're at. No normally, this path to the awakening, most people have gone through a period of suffering before they come to the realization. Suffering really helps people awaken because it forces you to wake up and to examine your life and pay attention. If everything is super easy all the time and you get what you want all the time, you don't pay any attention. You start complaining. You want more. You're not happy with what you got. You find things wrong with the life, with wor the world, and you, you want you want something more. So it doesn't help you to wake up. But when you're suffering and you're going through a hard time, it forces you to pay attention and to dig deeper because you're not finding the answers outside of yourself in the world. They're not satisfying. The events in the world are not going your way. So you're forced at one point to look inside yourself to see what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Maybe it's me who needs fixing, not the world. And as you're getting more focused on looking at yourself, self-awareness, paying attention to your habits, to your reactions, to your fears, to your desires, paying attention to them, becoming aware of them. As you self become self-aware, a shift happens. A transformation takes place. 
because awareness has come into your life and you're looking at certain ways you're dealing with things that you weren't looking at it because before you were blaming other people and other things for your shortcomings or for disappointments. Now you're looking at yourself. Not that you're blaming yourself, you just simply are aware of what you're doing. And that is a big shift. That's a major transformation. When awareness comes in and we start looking at ourselves. Does anybody have any questions so far? Am I making sense or did I make you confused? Yeah? <laughs> so, but, okay, I'm gonna come back to this topic more. I'll talk about it. And I'm gonna finish up the email I received from one of our participants and get deeper into it and hopefully answer it uh, to the best of my ability. Now, regarding what Pamela was talking about, Pamela, are you there? I don't know if she can hear us. You need to un, um, unmute yourself, Pamela. If you are you there or you just left. I don't know if she's around or not. We'll wait for her to come back. Okay, there you are, no. Pamela. Yes. Okay, no. okay, now we're recording now. So if you don't mind asking me your question again so our audience can hear it and mm -hmm. also it's recorded. Okay. Uh, I wonder when you make a meditation here in uh, in uh, this Zoom platform with uh, so many people. Um, are you? Do you find the spiritual connection with everybody, even if that meditation it's uh, online, or do you have the the more connection with yourself? Because when we make a meditation in group that we all everybody can see us face to face um, it's very different because you know the other people's energy but online it's the same or it's different for you yeah well that's a good question uh it doesn't matter to me uh doing meditating with the group online or meditating with them in person it's the same of course I like meditating with a group in person. That's my preference. That's what I like in general, okay? okay. Per personal preference, I like sitting with large groups or bigger groups and meditate with them. That's my number one preference. But as far as whether if I'm doing it online or not, it won't make any difference because it's not that I'm meditating with them. It's that I, I am meditating and I'm diving into myself. I dive into the holy self. I dive into the presence of the being. And since there is no one else, everybody else is a part of myself. So I'm meditating with myself, which includes everybody else. Okay. Does this did that answer your question or it created confusion? No, it's it's right question. Yeah. yeah. So great, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. It's basically I am diving into the being. I'm diving into myself and I'm here. Now, whether there are people, there's an audience, 
or there's no audience, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Once you dis- discover the place within yourself, it doesn't matter where you are or what the circumstances are. The place is within yourself. So the other world, outside world, cannot take it away from you. And that's freedom. We're programmed to think and to believe that it's our our well-being, basically to be still, to be in meditation, to be in this place. It requires an utter serenity that outside world has to be... um, cooperating. In the beginning, maybe it does, because that's our consciousness is limited. And in the beginning, we're projecting everything on the outside world. So it's really coming from the outside in our vision. Well, as you go deeper within yourself, you realize that it doesn't matter. You can be anywhere. You can be in the middle of a traffic. Uh, you could be in a Central Station Uh, downtown Stockholm on a Friday afternoon when it's very, very busy in the uh, uh, tunnel bonnet and it's super crazy. And you can just be standing on a corner in the train station in a, a subway and you're just in deep meditation and you go deeper within yourself. So the, the more you work on yourself, the more you get familiar with this space the easier it becomes. And it's not really deep. Yeah. I mean, there are days. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. You're sitting in your room or your meditative meditation room, or you are somewhere very surreal with beautiful views in the nature, or you go to a temple and you sit and you fall into a deep state of meditation. But also if your mind is troubled, and you could be in a temple and you can see with sit with hundred other hundred other mind, m- monks and they're all in meditation and you cannot relax your mind's busy questions any sharings anybody has come to any understanding re- lately have you realized something anything new has happened for you i was listening to um one of one of the spiritual teachers, uh, I was listening to Nisargadat Maharaj, which only lately I've been listening to him. Uh, I, I knew about him for past 30 years, but I was never attracted to listening to him or I was never attracted to this man. But somehow lately in past couple of weeks, three weeks, uh, one day on YouTube, his picture popped up and I said, I thought, okay, you know, I've listened to a lot of them. Why don't I just listen to him? And of course, he practices and teaches Advaita Vedanta. So, so I'm just listening to him uh, and a different way of explaining the same thing because the teachings are the same as Ramana Maharshi or pa- Papaji and uh, a lot of other Advaita teachers. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I was listening actually this morning uh, and there was a part, someone's asking him a question and he says, yeah, um, you have to pretty much have a desire to really focus on 
self-realization and even you do your worldly life but inwardly your attention is on one pointedness and your attention is on on the self your attention is on silence but then in the same time <laughs> you don't have any choice so so who is going to put their attention on silence and have sincerity for awakening who's going to be doing it if you don't have any free will so how are you going to choose and put your attention on silence if you can do that then you have something to say so on one hand the teaching says you have nothing to say and it's all going to happen on its own accord and then on the other hand the teaching tells you that you have to get focused on it and put all your attention and energy on it so what does that represents to you what does it mean to you when i say this anybody hi shadi nice seeing you hi hi i was just going to ask you something in regards to what you just mentioned which is so funny um, okay before you actually make this comment and you said is there a com anybody that wants to make a comment i was going to actually say that um, there's times where i feel not identified with the worldly me like you know when you were in the vastness but then as but then and then shifts and things start happening that are just like let, letting the thing come and take course because obviously it's not there's no free will but then the mind comes and then starts saying oh my god what's happening and then the chatter comes and then it's like as you just said it just oscillates a little bit uh because there's still participation happening in the worldly 3D everyday life and then but there's times where you just have nothing to say but then you can't just not say and not participate so it gets confusing yeah. a little bit right so okay this is my this is what i've this is my understanding let me put it this way is that um you you are witnessing this constant changing phenomena that is constantly appears and disappears like the world is constantly appearing and disappearing events constantly happening people come and go in your life all kinds of things economies come and go governments come and go different policies are being implemented and then they disappear all kinds of things happen it's constant it comes it goes so you are seeing that you're you're and you can't help it not be affected by the things that happen in life because you have nervous system your nervous system gets affected by it so if you get a lot of bad news or shocking news you get anxiety or you get affected or you may feel sad because you just got some news about something has happened in the world or in your family and you can't help it not react to it your nervous system does it automatically however there's an element inside you which is aware of it there's an awareness something is aware that your nervous system has been stimulated for good or for bad 
that awareness doesn't change. That awareness is always here. It's been with you from your childhood, from the time you remember to the very last breath that you take, there is awareness, which is a non-changing factor. It's always aware of what is going on as you get expanded and as you more you become more quiet and you go deeper into the world of silence you discover your power or the power silence and you dive into it and you become more silent it's just like deeper you're going into this deep blue ocean you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper you're going inward into stillness the mind is still and you're silent you're not thinking your mind's not moving around and you're going deep and deeper and deeper and the more you touch that place the more you recognize the inner stillness something is not changing something is like ah uh, mount everest something inside you is just solid rock and nothing can touch it nothing can change it and you starting to touch it you're starting to recognize this place inside you you're recognizing it the more you touch it the more you recognize it the more you notice the world that comes and goes it's not real it's losing its grip on you you're not buying it you're seeing it as a story so you're slowly slowly starting to separate yourself you get separated while you're maintaining a life through this body through this mind and emotions while you're maintaining an appearance of a life in the world while that appearance is happening you're still functioning you are going deeper far away from it so the body mind mechanism of yours is like it's doing its thing in the world you're still a wife you're still a mom you're still a daughter you're still working it's like as a show you're it's like you're putting a show on that's a way of saying it it's like it's just to entertain other people that you're not dead so you're still a member of your family you're a member of your society so your body mind mechanism continues its work but you are disconnected you're not connected to the story any longer your connection to the story gets weaker thinner you're looking at the world including your body in it as a story not as something that you are the more you view the world and this life as a story the more you get a chance you give yourself a chance for freedom the more you get involved in it and try to fix things or worry about things the more you're identified to it now i'm not saying that you may say well okay i'm not going to be involved with it and all right so then i won't wash my hair anymore i won't pay my bills anymore i won't shower anymore i uh will not call my family anymore or see my family i'm not talking about that that's still an appearance of not being involved that's another way 
it looks like you're not being involved. That non-involvement, it's an inner work. It's not an other work. It's a realization, starting to see and noticing the whole facade, the whole show of existence, starting to recognize it, that this thing, it's a story, it's got a mind of its own, and it's going to do whatever it wants to do. And my individual consciousness is a part of this story too. So I don't have any power to change it or influence it. I'm just playing my part in it. It's in a movie that's already made. The movie's already made. It's already being shown on the cinema, on the theaters. They're showing the movie. And one of the characters in the movie is Shadi. She's playing her role in the movie. But when the movie's over, every time, every time they cut in the middle of recording it and making it, they cut. You go back to your camper, to your RV, and or change your clothes, and you go home to your family, do your thing. And then the next day, you come back to the movie, and they make you up. And you go, you read your lines, and then you go and play in a theater or in a movie and play your role. You play your role in the movie. And if you're a very good actress, you really immerse your role and you dive into your role. To be a very good actress or actor, you have to really buy it, buy into it. But when the acting is over, you don't take the character with you home. You leave the character on the set and you go home and you live your life. So this is the same thing. There's a story is being played in the world. And that story is going to change from one thing to another. Wherever it wants to go, it's going to go. Whatever wants to happen, it's going to happen. Because it is the totality that has decided or decides what to do. And it's going to be whatever it's going to be. Your power is in awareness. You have come to aware, become aware. Awareness, you're aware of things coming and going, things happening, creating and this creation and destruction. Things appear and then they disappear. Things appear and they disappear. In front of whom? To whom do they appear and disappear? Who is witnessing it? You. You're the one who's witnessing things appearing and disappearing. But your power of witnessing doesn't change. It could be good stuff appearing in front of you, and it could be horrible things appearing in front of you. But you're still witnessing it. You're not witnessing more. You're not witnessing less. Does it make any sense? Is it helping you? Yeah, that explanation was really, it uh, made a lot of sense. It's like a canvas, like you paint some, like it's being painted and then it, the next day it's being painted with a different, whether it's an actress or an actor or something that comes and goes and does its part. And I have my part that's really not in my control and there's no, no uh, free, I mean, there's no free will and I'm just observing it and not getting involved into it and identifying with it even though at times it's hard to separate all the time when it's all happening in the moment. Sometimes right. you, you tend to 
fall back into identification. And then I'm like, oh yeah, but that, that's not real. And then, and then, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. It's making sense. Yeah. It's just practice of being in that space. Yeah. Keep in mind, even when you identify with the story completely, that is still a part of the whole thing. You were meant to identify in that moment. That was a part of the game. So you can't really beat yourself up afterwards why you identified with it because that's a function of it. It's bigger than you. It's like it puts a veil in front of you and then you can't see. You're completely identified with the story of what is going on. But then the veil goes away and then you remember, oh, wow, I was really identified with it. And now you're aware of it again. So yeah, I sense that. Now that you put it in that yeah. term, I could see how that comes through like yeah. that. It, yeah. it, it puts the veil to use you as to, to come through to do the part, and then suddenly it takes it might take the veil off and then you fall back into it. Yeah. Because maybe if it if you were not identified, you wouldn't do something that it wants you to do. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yet the entire time, continuously, you have a dialogue with yourself in your mind about should I do this or should should I do that? Should I go, I don't know, to Tulum? Should I go to see Zarathustra in the U.S.? Should I go to his workshop? Should I go with my family to... Vancouver, should I go to Spain or not? Is this a good time for me to take a vacation or not? It's kind of a turmoil. What should I do? That dialogue is going to be in your head. You have this dialogue with yourself constantly. Should I go this way or that way? What should I do? I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure out what to do. Should I go? Shouldn't I? That happens for everybody. Even that is a part of the awakening of recognition of this voice that is always bargaining with itself. But since it's personalized, you think it's you. We all think that we're the only one who's struggling or I'm having this voice in my head and I'm indecisive or whatever thoughts is going through your head. We all think it's personalized, it's me. But there's 7 billion me having pretty much the same thoughts all the time. So it's a consciousness. It's the, you know, when it's windy, when it's the wind comes, really strong wind comes. It's not just for you or for me. And anybody is outside, the wind is going to affect them. It's not a personalized wind. Same thing. This thinking mechanism is happening. It's happening through everybody. But everybody personalizes that and thinks that I'm the one who has these thoughts, or this was my idea. And then I act on my idea and it goes successful. And I think I'm the one who did it. But it's consciousness thinking, one consciousness thinking, and it's being picked up by the individual and gets personalized. And 
then you take ownership of it as it's you, but it's not really your thinking. It's never been your thinking. It's something else is thinking. So here in this work, we can't stop the thinking, the consciousness thinking. We can't make it go away, but we can become aware of it, that it's not us. At one point, you can become aware of it, that it's one consciousness thinking through everybody. So it's not personalized. It's a part of the happening of the phenomena in this moment. It's happening. And I'm aware of it, but there's nothing I can do about it. I'm simply aware. The awareness has come. The awakening has come that something is thinking through my head and acting upon it. And that something is also making me think that it's me who's thinking it. Now I'm aware of it. And now I'm not fooled by it anymore. And it doesn't matter what I do with it. I act on it or I don't act on it. The results are all the same. It's already written. So in that, understanding comes tremendous amount of peace. Because now you can relax into what is and not have to worry and stress over it. So I have a lot of people around me that they're in a lot of worry and stress. They're worrying all the time and they're stressing all the time and they want to control things all the time. And it's interesting, it's painful and it's interesting to be around them. It's painful and interesting in the same time to be around people who are trying to control things all the time. And it's interesting to see how much they suffer because they simply can't. No matter how much they're trying to, they just can't. For a short period of time, they can. And then it's like you got this container that's got all these holes. It's full of water. And you're trying to catch, patch this hole and that hole. And there's another hole that the water is falling, coming out. And you just can't keep up with it. Then I'm trying to understand the nature of the being. So I'm going to start reading a lot of books from different people. What happens after I die? Where was I before I was born? Where do I go after here? How is existence created? There is the evolution of the human soul. It's going from one place to another. There's other civilizations. What's out there in the space? All these things I'm trying to understand with my mind. But whichever section I focus on, and I understand, or I think I understand, then 10 questions appear. And there's some great stories there too, some great concepts that after I die, this is going to happen. Old concepts, there is hell or heaven, you know, you die and you go to heaven, you die and you go to hell, or you die and you go to this waiting place. And from there you reincarnate or you go to a different dimension, or there's concepts about by visualizing or using the power of your thoughts, you can manifest this and create reality or be co-creator with God. You know, that's a very attractive scenario. These are concepts, all of them. Even this, what I'm teaching is a concept too. Whichever way you explain it, 
there's always the argument. There is the other part of it is also exist. So the absolute reality, that which I'm referring to is basically could understood, could be understood through silence, just being quiet because it has no definition. It's not this and it's not that, it's none of it. And it's impossible to explain it unless you learn to be quiet. And the more you're quiet, the more it reveals itself. And the more you're, it reveals itself, the more you wanna be quiet. The more it enters into every fabric, every, it penetrates into your life. You start to recognize its significance and its power, but you can't explain it. We're gonna meet up uh, next Wednesday. Thank you for joining me. My social media pages are Zaratustra 5D. Uh, website is zaratustra.tv. And my email is info at zaratustra.tv. So if you feel like connecting with me, you're welcome to write me an email and I'll do my best to get back to you. Um, feel free to keep in touch. A copy of this uh, broadcast is going to be emailed to you, those of you who've been with me on Zoom. And also it's going to, our podcast, uh, it will also uh, be translated to a podcast, to audio. Uh, also, we chopped this video in eight or ten sections and we put it on YouTube as well as this full uh, broadcast that we have today. We have already recorded it on YouTube. And then we're also going to put this uh, broadcast on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Namaste. God bless. Mm -hmm.